Logical Progression, Year 4, Chapter 14, Lesson 10. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen, Allahumma salli wa sallim wa baraka alayhi Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in, Allahumma la sahla illa ma ja'altahu sahla, wa anta tajul al-hazna idha shi'la sahla, Allahumma a'inna ala dhikrika wa shukrika wa usni ibadatika, ya rabbil kareem, assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Um, so today, inshallah, today's lesson, um, we're going to cover something interesting and uh, quite relevant, and that's the actual nature of the adhan when it's given in the modern world today, and um, uh, how we understand, you know, the ruling of uh, those folks who give it in the way that they do it. Um, so it's quite interesting. There's some very a nice uh, <coughs> statements from the Salaf and the Fuqaha which you'll find beneficial inshallah the text um, is on the screen or <coughs> okay so the text that we're going to be covering today is the one who, uh, so we did last week. We did the iqama is, is eleven sentences to be recited quickly, and today we'll be doing the one who gave the adhan from the same. Sorry, we covered that as well yesterday, uh, last week. Uh, the one who gave the adhan from the same place, if convenient, should give it. Uh, no, we didn't. Uh, we didn't do that, did we? No. Hold on. Give me one second. Yeah, okay. So so we've done the first part of that sentence. The one who gave the adhan should give it. We are doing now the... Uh, what do you call that? The, the, what do you call in between the two dashes? In Arabic, it's called a, a, a separate sentence, which is part of the explanation of the first sentence. Between the... I, I if I use brackets, I'd say... Between the brackets, but what do you say? Between the dashes? That doesn't sound right. No, no. There's got to be an actual. There's a grammatical phrase for that. For the jumla yani it's something. Surely there's a, a, a grammatical phrase for a sentence within a sentence which is separate. Parenthesis means brackets. That's like a posh Paddington version of brackets, right? Side. Huh? Side. Side. Aside. Uh, yeah, maybe. Anyway, so last week we did that the one who gave the adhan should give it. But now we're doing the middle part. Um, from the same place, if convenient. Okay, we're going to cover that. So the one who gave the adhan from the same place, if convenient, should give it. It will not be valid unless given in order and without any long pauses. It can only be given by a righteous male, even if sung, or with grammatical mistakes. That's what we're going to be doing today. And you're also going to hear my best singing voice today, mashaAllah. This is a bonus dars today. Right. So, in sahul. Last week we did, So the one who gives the iqama should be the one who gave the adhan. in sahula. In the same place if it's easy. Now, it's very important to understand where they're coming from. Remember, no microphones, no speakers. So the adhan is being given from Minara, right? Uh, a long, a tall uh, minaret, or high house, or you know somewhere outside. 
But the last place it's been given is inside the masjid on the first row. So you've got to imagine that's not even in, you know, it's not even in the, the, the dream of the person who's speaking or the scholars at that time. Does that, is that, does that make sense? Yes? The adhan has one function and one function alone. And actually, if you understand that function, like we've been talking about, then you understand all the fiqh to do with the adhan. If you understand that the adhan is not meant to be making you happy, it's not meant to be converting people to Islam, it's not meant to be making you fall in love, it's not meant to be, you know, you thinking that's the greatest thing I ever heard in my life. It's meant to be that, you know what, I've got no alarm, I've got no clock, I've got no watch, I've got no whatever that thing's called, uh, the, the um, astrolabe? What's it called? The, 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 you know, what's an astrolabe? That's the other thing, isn't it? Okay, sundial. Does an astrolabe tell you where the sun is as well, direction of the sun? Only the stars? Don't you get like really complicated versions of the astrolabe that show you the sun as well? No, I made that up? Okay, that's alright. So, sundial, yeah? Meaning that he's got no idea, right? So the azan is a real function. It gives him the clear idea that, okay, we're in the morning, in the afternoon, in the late afternoon, in the Maghrib, in Isha, that the prayer is in. So it's very important that the azan is at the right time. It's very important that the adhan is very loud, that it starts to reach all the places, etc, etc, etc. So, keep, put that hat on. That's very important. Like what we used to be, be dealing in the chapter of water, and in the chapter of istinja, for example, and in this chapter of, of ghusl, and you're reading all these statements, and people are thinking, I don't get this, I'm at home in my shower chilling, right? But these people are not having bathrooms, they've got a bathtub, and they're using one bucket of water to wash two people, and the water doesn't drain out, the water remains in the... You know, it's very important that when you study the fiqh, context is essential. You do the application afterwards, you understand the fiqh in its native context, then you apply it to your own afterwards. So, we will do our own application at the end, it's pretty simple. But what, so do you understand from this text, the adhan would be given from far, and the mu'adhin wouldn't move. The mu'adhin would stay there. And he would give the iqama from the same place. So that's the important point. We have the exact opposite idea, right? That the person would give the iqama like very close or whatever. And that would make sense because we know that the iqama was only given when the Prophet ﷺ came to the masjid. So how do they know that the Prophet ﷺ came to the masjid? Right? But we know for a, a few reasons that, they, that he wasn't actually in the, uh, uh, the, the actual masjid. We have one very famous narration which is the narration of Aba Uthman, and he is from one of the Atba'u Tabi'een, and he narrated in a famous hadith, which is controversial over its authenticity. And it's a very famous hadith that you should know. He said that Bilal, radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he said to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi yani, don't, Literally translated, this hadith means don't beat me to the Ameen. Okay? Literally translated, this hadith is don't beat me to the Ameen. And that's it. Nothing else was said. Um, and there are a few other narrations which change the wording slightly, but that's basically the statement. It is the commentators, the scholars of, 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 of commentary or shuruh, they're the ones who explain what this statement means. What it means is that Ya Rasulullah. I know that you want me to give the iqama from over there, but I know you, you're going to go Allahu Akbar, and you will start the takbir al-ihram, and then you will get into Fatiha, you will make dua for all the Muslims, and you're not going to give me the opportunity to say Ameen, so that applies to me. 
Remember that Surah Al-Fatiha is a dua, isn't it? The, the best of dua. And so, and we know the Prophet ﷺ said that in a hadith which is authentic, that the one who says the Ameen or the Imam then, and the angels, then their sins are forgiven. So it's a yani, major point to make. Yani, you know, if you're going to go all the way to the masjid and go through that mission and you're going to miss that, then you're like, you know, I missed out. So what does that indicate? That indicates to you that he's not there. Why would someone say something like that if he was next to the, next to the, the front line? Does that make sense? And um, this narration is important because if it's authentic, it indicates something which is well known to us from the Hanafi school. Actually, the classical Hanafi school, not the modern day Hanafis, although sometimes you've seen it amongst modern day Hanafi schools sometimes. Yani very rarely now, I noticed. I noticed when I was younger, and I would go into like the Hanafi Masajid, I found that there was this prevalent, this practice was very prevalent. And that was saying, the Imam saying, Allahu Akbar, when the Mu'addin um, uh, uh, is still giving, Qad Qamat Islah, Qad Qamat Islah, Allahu Akbar, Allah. But while he's saying, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, La ilaha illallah, when he just started that, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, the Imam goes, Allahu Akbar. Meaning that the, the Mu'addin does not finish the Iqama. Is that clear, everybody? And this is the madhab, as I said, of Abu Hanifa. <coughs> and not just Abu Hanifa, Al-Thawri and Ahl-Kufa. And they based, this action up, they based this action upon this hadith. Alright? They said that, what else other meaning is there? Um, how can it be that Bilal is giving the iqama and he's saying that, uh, wait, 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 kind of thing. Alright? Do you understand that point? First of all, anyone seen that? And you've seen that? Yeah? No, no, we'll come to explanation and, and, and you know, response to that, but, but has anyone seen it? Yes. Uh, uh, with a... Sheikh Salih al-Bali, it happened a couple of years ago, I think it's on YouTube. He came in, the Qama hadn't finished, and he basically gave a takbir. Out of mistake though, or intentionally? It seemed intentional. Yeah, that's a strange one. Okay, that's a strange one. At the haram happening like that yeah. with one of the imams a couple of years ago, I don't know about that. That's uh, that's interesting. But I'm saying, anyone no, no notice that? No, interesting. I mean, it's 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 a, it's actually as I've seen a number of times. But as I said, in more recent times, you know, there's this big discussion. We we studied it with Sheikh Ihlan when he did the, you know, the three part series on the Hanafi school and Abu Hanifa and how. The differences are between what Abu Hanifa himself he holds, uh, how the school develops, and how they hold a different opinion. And then there's the modern day kind of school in its different areas. And I've discussed that before that the, the Hanafi school in Sham is a lot more, yani, you know, they, I mean, obviously they're closer to, to Abu Hanifa in terms of Iraq. They seem to have a, a more kind of bigger loyalty to the Imam. Whereas other, the Indian school, the Deobandi school, for example, they are much more. Uh, loyal to the school itself, what we call the Mu'atamad, whatever the two Imams agree upon, the two students, as Sahibain, for example, of Abu Hanifa. And so this, this is it's very interesting to study, you know, methodologically, historically, politically, how these kind of things change. But anyway, that was the position of Abu Hanifa. Now here's the, here's the issue with that. And the issue is that, first of all, this hadith uh, um, had a huge amount of criticism and discussion amongst the hadith scholars. So Imam al-Bayhaqi and a number of, of, of ulama, such as uh, Ibn Hajar al-Sqalani as well, in Fath al-Bari, he said this hadith is mursal. This hadith is mursal. Now hadith mursal basically means that um, there's a break in the chain. There's a break in the chain and that Abu Uthman, the one who's in this particular chain, 
he did not ever meet Bilal. So he is basically leaving out the person who must have told him for whatever reason and then quoting Bilal directly. That's a problem for us. It's never a problem if a companion does that because who is he going to miss out? Another companion? So what if he misses out another companion? They're all trustworthy. But if there is another narrator from like the third generation, second generation, and they miss out someone, that whole generation is not known as trustworthy. Only one generation is accepted al-itlaq without any further discussion. And that's the companions. And you'll find many times, you'll find a hadith where a companion narrates from a companion. And we also have a hadith where a companion narrates from a companion from a companion. Three, three companions, they're narrating from one another, normally down to age differences. So this hadith, as a, 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 a by, a, and I don't want to say majority minority because it gets difficult, but a number of the major scholars of hadith consider this hadith to be weak. And you can see that for anyone who wants to read that further, then that's at the bottom of uh, page uh, 67. And it's under footnote uh, 2. It was narrated, this hadith, for your own interest, by Imam Ahmed, and by Imam Abu Dawood, and by uh, At-Tabrani, and by Al-Bazar, and Imam Al-Tahawi, and Al-Hakim, and Al-Bayhaqi. And there are a number of uh, scholars who, who supported that. Um, Abu Hatim al-Razi, who of course is the Imam of Naqd, yani of the highest quality of hadith uh, criticism, he considered this hadith to be uh, weak. And also... Um, a few others. Interestingly, it's just so that you know that it's not a cut dry deal, Imam Darqutni, who I've told you before in this class, is from the Nuqad, meaning from the very highest level of hadith critics. He did not consider this to be a weak. He considered it to be Mosul. Remember what we said before? Mosul means it's continuous, meaning the chain is not broken, and so there's no weak point, therefore the hadith itself is authentic. And that's why Sheikh Uthaymeen, he gives a nice and accurate statement when he explains this. He says, وَهُوَ حَدِيثٌ فِي صُحَّتِهِ نَظَرٌ This is a hadith that is used by the other side. But, and to be honest, in terms of its authenticity, well, you know what? That needs to be debated. فِيهِ نَظَرٌ That needs to be debated. And that's the kind of the statement of a scholar, not going with one way or the other, indicating to the people that there is a discussion there, shouldn't be completely rejected. But for the hadith, for the people who are accurate, you should look into it. Okay? Um... But I'll tell you something which is interesting. He himself, Sheikh Uthaymeen, kind of supports this position in terms of the idea that it didn't happen in the masjid. I mean, let's not forget, if this hadith is authentic, it basically means that Bilal somehow is not getting quickly to the front line or not getting into the lines. Now, uh, how that could have been and how he was able to see the Prophet ﷺ enter and still be outside on top of a building or outside the masjid, we don't know the exact dynamics of that. The mechanics of that we don't know, and the ulama have not mentioned it either. What we do know is that there's another narration, which is narrated, um, I think in Bukhari, yes, it is in, 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 Kitab, in uh, Kitab al-Adhan, the book of Adhan, in Sahih al-Bukhari, where the Prophet ﷺ said, Once you hear the iqama, then walk to the prayer. Yallah, come to the prayer. So that indicates that there's a, quite a gap, right? And that indicates that a person's got a chance to make it to the prayer, you know, um, uh, if he hears the iqamah. Whereas obviously we understand something completely different. Yeah, and if you hear the iqamah, you know that the prayer is going to be established within seconds. Yes? So um, I just wanted to just you, for you to be aware. Now, let's not lose sight of what we're actually discussing here. We're discussing the fact that the mu'adhin... He gives the iqamah from the same place. That's basically what we're talking about. 
And that can be pretty well established. By the way, Abu Huraira, just so that people who might doubt the authenticity of the hadith of Bilal, and there is doubt in it, Abu Huraira radiallahu an, with a more authentic chain, he used to give the adhan at the time of Marwan ibn al-Hakam. Marwan ibn al-Hakam, of course, is the khalif, the Umawi khalif. He is the one after, after who? He is the khalif after, of the Muslims after who? If I was to say to you, Victoria and Elizabeth, you would say, yes, Elizabeth did this, Elizabeth did that, date this, date that, may Allah forgive you all. Tell me about Marwan ibn al-Hakam. Very good, well done. Top 10, yani, mashallah, Sayyid, well done. You should come every week. After Muawiyah, radiallahu ta'ala anhu, once he passed away, then it was Marwan. And um, he had a, a habit of entering the prayer quickly. He ha- it, it, it was said that he had, a, a, remember I told you, I think I told you that back in the day, the Amir al-Mu'mineen, okay, or the Khalifa, he also used to lead the prayer. All right. Now it just turns out that Marwan al Hakim was faqih as well. He's a scholar. He's not any, you know, some, you know, you know, useless whatever. But he, he, you know, he had some, he had some game as well. So he used to lead the salah. He used to know what he's talking about. But Abu Huraira is Abu Huraira, and Abu Huraira used to give the adhan. And I, I, I think I'd mentioned this to you guys before about the excellence of the adhan that the companions used to consider that we would prefer to give the adhan, you know, than to leading the prayer. Uh, I, I mentioned the narration before that if it wasn't for uh, 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 Umar and Abu Hurairah these are two the, the two the famous ones I mentioned if it wasn't for jihad if it wasn't for hajj I would just basically you know I'd just give the adhan Amir al-Mu'mineen said it, this, this, the main problem of being Amir al-Mu'mineen is I can't give the adhan etc 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 one of the uh, interesting statements I think I think Abu Hurairah as well he once said that I would love to be a slave Yes, but it's the fact of the adhan that, that stop me, stops me from being a slave. And the meaning behind that, of course, is that a slave doesn't have the liberty to just kind of get off early. Do you know what I mean? I told you before, the one who gives the adhan, he has to be a free guy. He has to go hours early to the masjid and, you know, give the adhan and let the people know. And he's always hooked up. If you're a slave, then you're, you're, you're enslaved to your master and back and call. How are you going to go and do it? So... I, I discussed that in the letter of Mufrid years back, and you can check that for more details. So, uh, Abu Huraira used to give the adhan, and he used to say something very similar to Marwan ibn Hakam. Don't you, yani, beat me to the ameen. So it's clear that the practice from the Salaf is that you should do the uh, iqama from the place. But what the Hanbalis have said is in sahula, if it's okay, if it's sahil. If it's easy. If it's not easy, don't stress. Don't worry about it. So even from a fiqh point of view, classical is something which is nice if you do it. Because that's what it seems like the companions used to do. But if you can't do it, don't stress. Is that clear, everybody? That's the fiqh ruling. What about today? Today doesn't matter. Today we're not even giving the adhan outside. So why would you go and give the iqamah outside, right? Okay? So the adhan and iqamah happening from the front, from the same place, it's not a problem. Um, now... Uh, what Abdul Basit was, was, was uh, trying to get to is how do we understand this narration if it's authentic and other narrations which would suggest the, or the opposite. For example, we know that the Prophet ﷺ, well known that he would uh, straighten the lines after the iqamah. We have the very famous narration where 
he وسلم, the iqamah was made he was about to lead the prayer someone was you know wanting to ask a question so he went and attended to him left all the people standing and he went to the back of the masjid and they spoke and they discussed and they spoke and all the people like what's happening and then you know after the Prophet وسلم, finished with him then he went to the front and he led the prayer so we have very clear narrations that show that the Prophet وسلم, does actually not rush into the iqamah as the people seem to suggest and that's why the majority of the scholars consider that um, the only reason that Bilal would say this is not to give you license to start saying Allahu Akbar whilst giving was in iqamah, but rather that he was just far away. That he was just far away and that was getting him time to come in and get to the front, etc. etc. Is that is that clear, everybody? Does that make sense? Yeah? Okay. The next point is uh illa murattaba. It is not going to be valid. Um, it, the adhan will not be valid. Uh, what did I write? What did I write? It will not be valid unless given in order and without any long pauses. So murattab, yani tartib, is in order. Yes, you know the word tartib. Is tartib in Urdu as well? Are you sure? Yeah. I don't know who to trust anymore. <laughs> There's no uncles around. Yeah. All I see is young young lads who I wouldn't trust them as far as I could throw them. What, what? I asked him last time as well. What was the word we were asking about last time? Subah. Subah, yes. Yeah, yes. What, what, I said anyone. Can anyone tell me? Sahar. No, no, Subah, Sahar, Sahar. Sahar, yes. And what did you say when I asked about Sahar? Tell me, what did you say? I didn't say anything. Exactly. <laughs> That's my whole point. Everyone said no, nothing. No, 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 it was Abu Dhar's father. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trust the uncles, man. Right. So, the tartib must be there. must be in order. Muratab means it must be in order. So you can't say, Allah, Akbar, Allah, Akbar, La ilaha illallah, Shadu, La ilaha illallah, and you know, just have some, you know, you know, turning everything upside down or whatever. It will not be correct. It will not be correct. You might say, what's the proof? What's the proof? Because it's a big statement to say it's invalid. And the reason it's invalid is because this is an act of ibadah. And acts of ibadah are what we call tawqifiyah. Meaning that they are only to be performed in the way that they have been revealed because it's an act of worship. We discussed this before, right? Islam or the religion is divided into two basically broad groups. Those things which are acts of worship, those things which are not. Those things which are acts of worship, then everything, you can't do nothing. You can't do nothing in that area or field unless something is told to you to do and then it has to be in that exact manner. Whereas in other matters which are not worship, then you are allowed to do anything until something tells you that you're not allowed to do it. So it's a two opposite, opposing principles. So, so, this, uh, so uh, the adhan is not permissible for you to say, right, I'm going to do it like this, I'm going to wear that, I'm going to sing it like this. No, no, you have to do the adhan exactly as it came down because it's an act of worship. And whoever tries to do it, then the hadith then applies, as Sheikh Uthameen mentions, man amil amalan laysa alayhi amruna the hadith which is Sahih, Bukhari Muslim, in Arba'in Nawawiyah, everyone should have memorized this hadith. Whoever comes with an action which is not from our actions, it will be rejected. It will be rejected. So, very simple. It has to be in order. Now, um, also, Sheikh Uthameen makes a point. He goes, not only does it need to be in order, but it needs to be exact. Now, this is interesting. You'll, when we come to when we come to the Salah, uh, well, we are in Salah, but when we come to actual Salah, Salah, Okay, and we look at, for example, the arkan, the, the pillars of the prayer, and we talk about takbiratul ihram, which is Allahu Akbar, okay, which is the top yani, rukan of the prayer as you enter. Allahu Akbar 
is very interesting in that it should come under this same category, correct? And that's what the mass majority of scholars said. However, Imam Abu Hanifa, he had a different opinion. He considered that the wording Allahu Akbar is not actually tawqifi, the wording itself. Meaning that a person could end, enter the prayer by saying Allahu Kabir. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Or Allahu Ajal. You know, or Allah Azza wa Yani something similar. Allahu A'adham. Yani, you are, for him, it was a magnification of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to enter the prayer. Okay? And there's a big discussion about that and we'll discuss that in that right time. It is certainly the minority opinion, but you just need to know that it exists. So again, likewise, in the adhan here, the question could come up. What if a person either mistakenly or didn't know or didn't, I don't know, whatever. He said, Allahu A'adham, Allahu A'adham. Yani Allah is the Almighty, Allah is the Almighty. Which is effectively the same meaning as Akbar, frankly. All right. So the question is, does someone have to say Akbar? If we were to apply Abu Hanifa's continuing logic here, that the actual wording is not the important thing, but the meaning and the impression, and as long as it's close in meaning, then it wouldn't be important. However, the majority of the scholars, certainly the, the, the imams of the madhahib and uh, the salaf, it is clear that it has to be the exact wording itself. So therefore, Allahu ajal, not acceptable. Allahu a'adham, not acceptable. Um, or for example, and he gives another example, uqirru an la ilaha illallah. Uqirru, okay, is the same as ashhadu. Yani uqirru means I confirm. I'm confirming 100% right now, done deal, that there's nothing worthy of worship except Allah. Which same as ashhadu an la, it's not acceptable. Okay, so therefore that is uh, important. Important. Mutawalian must be continuous. There can't be any long pauses in between. A long pause, okay, is a long pause. That's it. You know, people always ask, what's long? Long, you will know what's long. Alright, that's it. No one sits there and tells you it's 10 seconds, it's 15 seconds, it's 20 seconds. Long is when you kind of say, hold on, there's something wrong here. And you turn around and you have a look. Yeah, and has the guy fallen, he's died, he's had a heart attack, has he, has he, you know, has he gone, he's broken his wudu, whatever, whatnot. You will know. You know when there's a guy who's trying to take a long breath and he's trying to put dramatic pause. You know that kind of pause. And you know the pause where something is wrong or it doesn't feel right. As soon as the pause comes in which doesn't feel right, the adhan is invalid. Because it's now no longer a, it's no longer a complete act. It's now become a random collection of adhkar. There was an Allahu Akbar, which is great. Then there was an Ashhadu Allah ilaha illallah, and that's great. But it's not an adhan. An adhan is one unit, one complete thing. Does that make sense? Yes? Okay. And that, and that, that is important. So for, for a person, to, for example, you know if a person goes, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allah, and there's like a good, good pause there. So you know that a person's whatever, and people get used to it, that there's generally going to be a louder now intake of breath. That's what's acceptable. It's when you start to see a longer one, then you realize that that's yani, not, uh, not on. Okay? Um, Yes, it's the same for iqama. In fact, not only is it the same for the iqama, it's the same for any act of ibadah which is a which has a specific dhikr to establish something. Okay. Um, no, I don't want to say. Uh, uh, normally, we would say that. Normally, we would say that the pause is understood according to the urf. Yes, uh, according to the custom of the people. 
But this is not one of those things which is needs that kind of... Uh, 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 it doesn't need regulation according to the urf. It's just straightforward. It's just straightforward. That everyone knows... Yani, yani, what I'm trying to say is that I can't see... I can't see how today's pause will be different than yesterday's pause, different than a hundred years ago pause. There are other things, which I can't think of right now, where there is differences, and then we rule according to the urf. Yeah? But I don't think in pausing. I don't think in pausing. Does that make sense what I'm trying to say? I'm trying to I find it difficult to articulate what I'm trying to say, but like we you know this pause it comes into a couple of things. For example, we talked about it in the prayer. Yes? We, oh, no, no, we haven't talked about it in the prayer. Sorry. Okay, I'm getting into fiqh salah mode. Yeah? Um, we will talk about it in the prayer. What we did talk about it is in wudu. Remember we said? The wudu has to be a continuous act. And we said, you know, what's a continuous act? What if the phone rings? Yeah? We talked about that. It, does it, 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 you know, some of the scholars said that if you, one of your um, limbs dry, then that's, you know, the, the, the cut-off point. And I said to you that there's not a single evidence anywhere in the sunnah that limb has to dry. The... The ulama place that to give the awam, the masses, something to measure it by. You know, it just makes it easier. So they don't have to sit in there thinking and asking people. It's a nice, easy, easy way. So I'm saying that whatever the delay was at that time, it should be the same delay at this time. So it doesn't go back down to earth. I think it's a general understanding where you feel that it's something wrong. Or it just doesn't feel like one unit anymore. The wudu now seems fractured. The adhan seems like it's gone. Okay. Here, he also, Sheikh also says, uh, Yeah, and Sheikh says, what about a person who sneezes? Or starts coughing, he gets like into a coughing fit. Yeah, he said this is valid. This is valid. I like this answer because it shows the point that we're trying to make. It's about the people thinking that the, the thing is broken. You know what I'm trying to say? And you know that when a person starts coughing, everyone's just super polite. We'll just wait for this guy to, you know, uh, uh, finish coughing, finish coughing, finish coughing. No one kind of thinks the adhan is dead, the adhan is gone. Yeah? You just think to yourself, right, where he's coughing, he's coughing. He'll stop in a second and then he can then continue. So if that happens, then he goes back to where he was in the start. And that's what uh, a person should do. So if they start coughing in the Allah... <coughs> Then it's not like he stops coughing, then says Akbar. He then he goes Allahu Akbar. Yani he goes back to the beginning of the phrase that he started in. Okay. The next statement then is that it needs to be a righteous person. I've written. Okay, righteous. Now I just want to make it clear that that is my edited translation. Okay, because in Arabic it's min adlin. Okay, from a just person or a trustworthy person. And it's not righteous. Righteous is min salih or min, I don't know, whatever. Muhsin or something like that. Yani adil here is a, is a phrase, as a linguistic word, which means trustworthy. However, its intention is righteous. Because when the scholars talk about adil in the chapter of adhan, what they're really talking about, what they really want to express to you, is that we don't want a fasiq to lead the prayer or to give the adhan. And instead of kind of, you know, calling out the fasiq, they kind of do it the other way. They say that we want a trustworthy person. And let me explain something here, what, what I mean uh, by this. Adil, of course, means someone who is 
uh, trustworthy and just. Adil, you know, just, yes. Um, and what they want to make clear is this person, as I said to you a couple of weeks ago, he's going to determine the prayer time, when you can start your fast, when you can do this, when you can break your fast. Huge acts of ibadah. Entering of a month, exiting of the month, start of the hajj, you know, the full works. And so if you can't trust the guy, you know, the guy is playing you, he's playing a lot of people. Right? Uh, Sheikh Muhammad Mukhtar Shankiti, he said something very interesting. He says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Okay? That, oh, you who believe, if a person comes to you, uh, a, 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 and the word here is fasiq. Okay? But first of all, the word fasiq, let me explain the word fasiq. Fasiq, uh, uh, fisk, we understand fisk as the word evil, right? Fasiq is generally kind of or understood by people as an evildoer or an evil person or a sinful person. Fisk, linguistically, is when something uh, uh, pops out of its yani, boundaries, like a seed when it germinates, when something overgoes its boundaries. So the word transgressor is actually quite a good uh, idea, a person who goes beyond the boundaries. Now we know that when a person goes beyond the boundaries, that's also a sign of evil. He's gone beyond the human boundaries of behavior. And we know that when a person goes beyond the boundaries of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that he's set on a certain action, that's a sin. So I want you to combine all of this. Sin, boundaries, transgressing, being too quick to do something, over, you know, whatever. This is all fisk. So an evil kind of person, bad person. Now, this is not nice language to use, but this is the reality. If someone, for example, does something continuously, which is not according to the way of the Muslims, and I don't just mean haram, but I mean also those things which there's doubt over, those like makruha, like smoking, for example. There are some scholars that still consider it to be makruha, not haram. The majority consider it to be haram. Okay? Now, um, according to these scholars, a person smoking, which is effectively just an addiction to the nicotine, okay? That's an evil person. He's a fasid. That's the official title. This is fisk. And they would consider him to be the same as your, your reaction if a guy was drinking. Yeah? So everybody, everybody here, if there was someone who's drinking, yeah? And even if he's sober, even if he's sober, you could not bring yourself around to accept that he could give the adhan, right? Or give the iqama, or lead the salah. Right? We'll talk about this in a second. But do you understand that the, the natural kind of shock? Right? That's the, that, so that's the issue. So, this, this chapter is basically hide, not hiding, it's representing this discussion. What is the status of the fasiq? Can he lead the prayer? Can he give the adhan? Can he not? And as I said, what Sheikh uh, uh, Shankaiti said, there is important because it gives you this idea that actually there's a technical problem as well. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ya amanu, in fasiq, okay. If a fasiq comes to you in with some khabar, with some news, with some information, فتبينوا, then go and clarify it. And another narration of another qira'ah, yani make yani, a tathabut of it. Yani make sure that it is actually correct. Now imagine that we were to apply this ayah, it's an ayah at the end of the day, to a fasiq giving the adhan. It basically means that when he gives the adhan, we'd have to go to him and say, by the way, are you sure it's the right time? So if we're going to do that, what's the point of putting him in the job in the first place? 
we got doubts over the guy. We don't really feel that he's trustworthy. So that's why there was, uh, the Hanbalis, by the way, are the strictest in this issue. They're the, the most harshest, I should say. And uh, not, it's not the official position of the madhab, but it is one of the stronger opinions in the madhab that the fasiq cannot lead the adhan, cannot give the adhan, cannot give the iqamah, cannot lead the prayer, and if he does, it's not valid. However, the other opinion in the Hanbali madhab and the position of the other imams, and it's the correct position, it's the position of the majority of scholars, that the adhan and the salah and the so on of the fasiq is, is correct. It is valid. It's not nice, because as you're going to learn, and we've already spoken about this, the adhan, we want respect, we want honor, we want, يعني, you know, and the imam, we want to have confidence in him, we want to know that he looks good, that he speaks good, that he smells good, everything has got to be there. You know, if he, any of these small little things that break your confidence in a person, it's difficult to see him as your leader. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? And that's very important. Psychologically, you know, the imam is very important psychologically, not just yani, technically as well. So it's important to remember uh, that as well. Um, so the majority of the scholars, they consider it to be uh, correct. However, if you have a choice, you're not going to just chuck the guy up who's, you know, whatever. And uh, 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 you prefer to have someone who's trustworthy and good and nice and so on. Okay? Right. Um... Sheikh, I don't know why he mentions it here, but he mentions that if a person, um, can a person, uh, let's say that there's no one to give the adhan, yes? So fasik does it. Is it acceptable? We say yes. Fasiks are different types. If the guy's drunk, we can't accept it because, you know, he doesn't know what he's doing, he's saying whatever, it's, and it's his own choice. So that's not acceptable. We're talking about someone who might do something wrong, but at that moment, he's not doing something wrong. It is acceptable. What if there's no one else and there is only cassette recording? Cassette recording, goodness, I'm years old. Uh, MP3 or whatever, I don't know. Yeah? CD player or something. That's even, that CD player is even old. Even CD player I had to throw away the other day. I can't use anything with it. Right. So, um, yeah, a recorded version. What do you think? No. Yeah? No. All right. And that, 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 that point here is extendable to that. That it has to be someone, yani min adlin, is there's many indications there. Actually, there's a lot of taqdeer, isn't there? A lot of assumed words. Adl, according to, remember, as I said, this is not a linguistic use of the word. This is a legal use of the word. So give me some, give me some characteristics which are assumed of the one who gives the adhan. Male, excellent. Carry on. Even though the word Adil doesn't women can be Adil as well. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? So there's not a linguistic use of the word Adil. I want you to give me the assumed meanings of the word Adil because it's in its legal sense. So male. And yeah, uh, so uh, when I say characteristics, I mean um, descriptive ones. Trustworthy. Huh? Trustworthy. Trustworthy. Yeah, but that's, that's, that's like a, a state. Not knowledgeable, no. Not necessarily knowledgeable. Don't go back to the list that we covered a couple of weeks ago. I'm just saying from the word Adil. What does it suggest? Not a child. Good. It has to have the ability to be able to know and not know. Okay. Mentally sound. That's very obvious. Has to be Aqil. 
okay, if it's yani, you know, how can a person be just if he is uh, 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 I know Sheikh on that on that point, Sheikh mentioned something interesting. He goes, for example, um, the he goes one of the things that we learn from Adil is that it, it it has to be someone who's sound, because if a majnoon gives the adhan, a majnoon cannot be fasiq or adil. Yes, he can't be evil or just because he has the al anhu. the pen has been lifted from him, so he has no accountability for his actions. So from the this is how the fuqaha they they use one word to express many things. So what else do we we know that he's trustworthy, male, that he is of sound uh, sanity, he's san, he's sane, sound mind. What else? Something very important. Knowledge of uh, one person. Min Adlin. Yes, theoretically it could be a you know two man job, isn't it? Man gets busy and he says you carry on and he goes he carries on, yeah. I could go make wudu for example and he goes Ashadu Allah ilaha illallah. So theoretically, but that is obviously it is only allowed from one single person. There's only one thing missing. Muslim. 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 Okay? Muslim. Adil Yani here is an absolute yani, condition that it has to be Muslim. Okay, any questions on that? Okay, the next part is walau mulahanan aw malhuna. Now this is interesting. Walau mulahanan aw malhunan. Two similar words, okay, which come from the word lahan, lahan. So we want to study it from this idea. Lahan is a very important phrase to understand. Lahan is... Actually, you know what? I haven't seen a good uh, definition for lahan. It's so, it's, it, it encompasses so many things that to give the right perfect definition for it is difficult. Lahan, for example, is, 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 is going beyond the boundaries of a word syntax in its form, its structure, its sound, making grammatical mistakes, making, uh, um, what's the other type of language mistake you could make? Grammatical, spelling, well, I don't know, spelling, huh? Pronunciation. Pronunciation, whatever. All of these are entwined into lahan. So, so it's so varied that if a person says a word wrong, Okay, this is lahan. If a person changes, um, the, you know, vowels, for example, you know, instead of dhamma, says fatha and whatever, this is lahan. If a person says a word absolutely perfectly but sings it, this is lahan. If a person stretches a word so that it's become something beyond its normal recognition, this is lahan. So lahan covers many things. It is a very, you know, I'm telling you one of the very most important lessons that you will learn that. I tell you the reason for that is because it took me, I think, three years to try and work out what lahan was. I remember, Yani, you know, <laughs> I remember this very well. All right, when I started studying with Sheikh Ihlan in the 90s, and there was always lists of questions that I would always ask Yani to, get, to keep me going. But this was the one question which I, keep forgot, I kept forgetting to ask. We would read through it, we would cover it, we would see it, this, that, whatever. I want you to imagine that I'm going nearly three years through texts and not understanding this key word, lahan. And, and the reason why I was confused is because it was, sometimes it was used 
in an example of qira'ah, in the Quran, in the Adhan, in songs, in this, and the so what on earth does this word mean? Okay, and even I tried asking when I did remember, and I got some explanations, and it didn't kind of, you know, it didn't fulfill what, what I was trying to uh, understand. It took me ages. So I just want you to remember, this word has a lot of context. Some of it is not a no problem, some of it is bid'ah, some of it is haram. Haram, haram, haram. Okay, the lahan which changes the meaning is pure haram. If the changing of the meaning is of a very serious nature, then that lahan could be kufar. Yes? You understand what I'm trying to say? If, for example, um, the lahan is uh, what we call, there's lahan khafi, which is like a slight lahan, right? It's when a person might not say, you know, he says minkum. Instead of saying minkum, you know, not just the ahkam tajweed, right? So that's not a mistake. He just didn't do it according to the, 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 the style of the Qur'an. So we say, yani, 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 he's, got, he's not very accurate in that. So the, the scale is massive. So when the Sheikh says, The same word is being used, but they have been divided into two kind of categories, which other scholars might not necessarily agree with, yani, in terms of the way that they've been divided. However, in the Hanbali, the, uh, according to the Hanabila, then the first meaning of mulahan is a tatrib. It is musical. Okay? It is where al mutarrabihi. Yani al mutarrabihi a yu'addinu ala sabil tatribihi ka annama yajurru al alfad agniya. Now, uh, 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 basically, what's happening here is that the uh, adhan is being sung. Okay? That and ala sabil tatrib means that it's more for now entertainment purposes than it is to announce the actual prayer itself, uh, announce the, uh, the beginning of the prayer time. So, here's some points I want to think about. This is a huge area. Right? We said that we said the hadith many weeks ago that the Prophet ﷺ told Abdullah ibn Zayd, go and teach these words to go and teach these words to Bilal because he huwa anda sawta. Okay? His salt is anda. And we're trying to describe anda. And nida here in this meaning is loud, clear, sweet sound. Not yani, melodious, not beautiful. I was looking at some of the, the earlier fuqaha and how they're trying to describe the, uh, you know, this kind of reality. It's not easy. For example, uh, there was this one I, I was going to send to you. I wanted, I wanted to show you one of the... I, I was going to not show you, uh, let you listen to the worst and the, uh, or, or the best example of a completely disgraceful adhan. Okay? And um, I don't want to say his name, that's the problem. But I need to tell you to... Uh, I, I should have thought about this. Um, <laughs> huh? Yeah, I don't want you to think. I don't want to you know, embarrass the guy more than he is. Huh? <laughs> you know, even if, I, even if I tried, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it like he does. To be honest, the problem is that I don't even know his spelling of his name. I think. I'm just giving you. Type this into Google, Shaz, okay? Right? And see if it brings it up, alright? 
Now, the reason we're having this discussion is because, as you can imagine, let me tell you the statements of the fuqaha. One of the mashaykh, one of the, the early fuqaha, he said that when the person gives the adhan, he mustn't sound yani, rough like a Bedouin. Yeah? Allah Akbar. Allah Akbar. You know, like, you know, rough. Yeah, it's like harsh behavior. He goes, you mustn't sound rough like a Bedouin, and you mustn't sound like he's dying either. Allah Akbar. <laughs> Allah Akbar. Yes? So, it can't be yani, <laughs> over there, and it can't be like, he, that's exactly what he said. كَأَنَّهُ <laughs> مَيِّتْ Like he's dying. So it needs to be something in the middle, good sound, good whatever. He's not trying to, you know. Uh, Imam al-Shafi'i said, what did he say? Al-Shafi'i said in Al-Um, that when I, when I hear the adhan, and I want the adhan in the adhan. So I want يعني, the adhan to be according to Ahkam al-Tajweed. Ahkam al-Tajweed. لا تمطير ولا تغني ولا عجلة. Look, look at these three characteristics. Tamtiyat, elongation. Elongation. Okay? Shafi'i speaking, okay? Not Abu Isa. Shafi'i. No elongation, no tamtiyat. No taghani. So therefore, taghani means, because you might say, what is taghani? Taghani, ghina, yani, this is, we're talking about singing. Alright? People might say, no, no, no. Taghani means melodious. Everything is melodious. But we go, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. That's of course melodious, there's a melody there, isn't it? It's nice to the ear, it's a lot more melodious than saying, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. There's a big difference between the two, right? So they say that, no, it's melodious. We say no, there's no problem with, with melody, meaning that it sounds nice, but it's very, very different if you sing it. And I'm going to show you the example. And then the third one, ajala, means that you go, Allah Akbar, Allah Akbar, Allah Akbar, Allah Akbar, Ashadu Allah, Allah, Ashadu No rushing, no rushing. Sheikh Muhammad ibn Ibrahim, the Sheikh of the, of the Hanabila, the teacher of Sheikh Ibn Baz and so on, one of the previous muftis of Saudi, he also said that the excessive med, yani, uh, I'm going to show you that, like, you know, uh, you, 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 <sighs> it's impossible to not diss yani, everyone in this yani, lesson. Like these adhans in Mecca and, and Medina. <coughs> I know that this is not going to make me flavor of the month, yani, but these adhans are off the charts when it comes to the fiqh yani, books. Alright? Because they don't give the adhan according to the normal wazan. What's this? Don't, you're going to show his face. Don't show his face. What's the point of your pack? Unbelievable custom. Alani, you know what? <laughs> he made me stop the class, text you the guy's number. Alright, oh, there you go. Give him some water, man. Give him, some, give him some, give, no, me, you. You need some Snickers, bruv. Um, and this is why we need to actually spend some time on this. And I wanted to give you some examples and so on. Uh, Shaz, you've got that in a separate window. Open up a Mecca Adhan or something like that. What's the name of that Muslim? The one who's. Ali Mulla? I don't know if you can. I, if you just type in Mecca Adhan or whatever, you sure, you'll probably get him anyway. So the problem with these Adhans, okay, is they go, Allah! And you know what? We don't have any Allah. There's no such thing. We just don't have that. We don't know what the, who that is. Allah 
is within a certain level of in terms of ahkam al-tajweed, we don't have that. And there's no, there's no excuse for a sane, good practicing Muslim to use that style, you know, to create whatever. There were some ulama that went even further. They said that even to, and this is the problem. By the way, I just want to make it clear that none of them said it's haram to do this. That's what we're saying. That it's acceptable even if it is sung or with grammatical mistakes. So I just want to make it clear. The only time, I'm jumping ahead of myself, the only time it becomes haram is if the meaning is changed. If the meaning is changed. But mazal, that word is still in some kind of understandable form, then it's a hated act. And I mean hated. Abdullah ibn Umar, a man came to him. I told you this narration before. He, he came to him and he said, Inni I love you for the sake of Allah. And then Abdullah ibn Umar, he said to him, I hate you for the sake of Allah. Because of the baghi you've done in the adhan. Because of the transgression you've done in the adhan. All of the commentators said, Meaning that the, the, the singing, the singing that he was doing in the adhan. All right. Um, there are so many narrations actually of the of the uh, Abdullah ibn Umar. He <laughs> he heard one of the uh, sorry Abdullah ibn Umar. We just mentioned his name. He again another narration. He heard a imam give the um, not imam. He heard someone give the adhan, and he said to him, "Wallahi, if my father was here, he would have broken your jaw." He goes, Wallahi, if my father, if Omar was here, he would have broken your jaw. Yeah, and you're making it into the thingy. So let me give you one example of how obviously best the disgraceful Adhan is. Go, go on, play that one. Just one second. Just... <coughs> um, the audio only, yeah? Yes. Just play it and don't show the picture. That's it. Mm-hmm. Oh, you want me to just play it here? Yeah, just play just play it. <laughs> oh, what you're trying to make people uh, 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 online here? Why won't they? Why won't they hear if it's picked up here? <laughs> That's not. Wait, wait, wait. What is that? What are you doing? You're killing the lesson, Yara. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> yeah, just, just give me a... <laughs> What if I play this on the yeah, iPad just, and just, I, I, just do it here? Because I thought that you could just do it. <laughs> if you play on your computer, just play on the computer, not part of the program, and let the microphone just pick it up like normal, like me speaking. That's it. Do you know to define it all again now? Give me one second. Allah nikassan, you know what? You gave me one video at the beginning and we set that up. So we've got the good one. Do you want to hear the good one first? No, one second. No, no, we need to hear the good one at the end. Okay? Um, but yeah, so I, I, want to make it, I want to make it clear what, what I'm trying to say before people start going around and beating muaddins up and stuff, yeah? <laughs> that there's a big difference between say, your voice making sound nice and there is a difference between making an adhan which is sung and there's a difference between not singing but elongating the words way beyond their thingy and that's the classic kind of Medina, Mecca kind of adhan. Mm. 
Yeah? And you'll see them all kinds of stuff. Yeah? Um, and I don't want to do this again. I mean, I've done my own bestie doing this example in, in, in Fiqh Salah so many times. Uh, no need for me to do it here. But you get my point. Yeah, they go nuts. I just want to say, sometimes it... What's happening here, Yara? What on earth is happening? You are so sacked, Yanni. You are so sacked. You are so, so sacked. SubhanAllah, three weeks, we had it amazing when Nadif was running the show, isn't it? We had him stuck in that corner over there. It was brilliant. Okay, all right, go on then. He's not here next week. What on earth is happening? What are you doing? <laughs> I know, I knew it. I should never have trusted this guy. It's coming, coming, coming. You better be coming because you've got three seconds. Do That's that. because you don't think it's the Oh, here we go. Classic. Did you see that? Have you see that? He blinked. Exactly.
the issue here is that, you know, many of you be thinking like, what's beautiful. Okay, that's brilliant. That's the, you know, and that's the problem. That's the problem when um, people become so far removed from the sunnah, so far removed yani, from the p- times of pure, and where the action of bid'ah becomes like the norm. And again, like, if you study this, this was pure singing. It wasn't, yani, if you was to put on the, uh, uh, the Mecca adhan now, for example, you will not see as much yani, variation or what we call the, uh, upon the maqam or the, I don't know what you'd call it in English, but upon the structure of a musical tone, right? So this is, uh, I, I mean, this guy's a singer, by the way. So that's why, that's where it comes, yeah? Uh, whereas the Mu'addin, who will elongate with, with melody, his is a level down. I just want to make something clear, though. Even I do not consider this to be something which the Adhan is invalid. Okay, there is, as I said, there are like four different levels. There is when the meaning goes, where it changes completely, then that is haram and invalid. Then you've got a musical Adhan in which the word is still recognizable. Okay, and you might say, what do you mean by word recognizable? It's like I said, Allah. You would have heard, for example, that Allah, he gave four different tones. He said, Allah, you know, there's like, in a musical kind of, uh, you know, duri, mafi, whatever that is, you know, that whole, you know, that thing. That's what it is, okay? And that maqam, okay, maqamat as we call it, it is not based upon the maqamat of tajweed, it is based upon song. This is makruh. And then uh, in the same category of makruh, but lesser of a sin, is, is excessive elongation. And excessive elongation is just making a word super long. And uh, very strictly, according to some scholars, and this is where it's subjective, it is where the second recitation of the word is longer. For example, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. That would also be lahan according to them. That's how strict it is. Yani, I don't want to say I agree with that because that's going too far. Yeah? But you can still see that their opinion is closer to the sunnah than mine. Because they, should ask the, they would ask me the question, why are you making the second one longer? Yes? Make the first one the same then. It's a good question, isn't it? And I'll say, no, uh, um, what would I say? I'm finding it difficult to argue. What would be my logical response to that? You know, if I'm trying to make it sound nice, well then make both sound nice. And I say to him, no, well actually, you know, in the style, if we make the first one a bit short and the second one longer, it has a more stylish look to it. So he will turn around and he goes, well, who said that the Adhan is about style? So you've got to understand that even in his harsh opinion, he's got more logic and more closer to the Sunnah, yani, uh, 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 defense. Right? So I want you to understand. So... Um, everyone cool with that? Yeah? What are you going to try and play now? The Haram one. Okay. Play a little bit of the Makkah one.
and just uh, now you see the difference here is that the maqam the structure is not a musical one but one of elongation even though he's also got that uh, you know he's still got that but it's not on the basis of taghani but it's upon it is close to it it is now subjective we don't know how far it's gone the elongation is strange okay so, one second if you if you see the, the problematic one is the one that he just said you just play it back go back 15 seconds and press play listen to how it goes You might not have noticed that. Obviously, yani, some people were yani, obsessed with this kind of thing. Yeah, right. There's eight changes in tone, and a change in tone has to have a reason. Now, you see, the reason why this is on the boundary is because I would argue it's difficult, really difficult, to have no tonal change. Yeah, and especially if you're going to extend the voice, it's difficult to go continuously. I don't know what it's called in singing. But it's easier to make, if you, if, for example, if someone was to say, I don't know, I don't know, I'm going into an area where I've got no, no, no really, no proof. <laughs> Shaz was just getting ready. He was getting ready to just throw it in. Yes. There's a difference between uh, changing the tone um, within the same sentence right. and within the same, and, and on the same letter. So if you if you say Allah and then you change your tone, yep. it's different than changing your tone when you say Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. So meaning that the change uh, uh, from Akbar and Allah is different. From the beginning of the sentence yeah yeah i agree i agree that's lesser that's the point what we're talking about is that we're in this kind of boundary area where it's all a little bit yani here and there and i wanted to show you the incorrect one and by the way there's another few that are i mean this person i, I think I, he's a practicing muslim the first one so you know we need to protect his honor and whatever you know that's his thing but there are people who are not practicing muslims and are actual singers and they do the adhan and it's just like a pop song Basically, and they done that with the Quran as well. I don't know if you, I don't know if you saw the video. It's to be honest, you can't watch more than one second of it. But it's the Turkish um, opera, or is it Indonesian? Indonesian, and they did like the opera with the Quran. Yeah, it's like you know, it just kills you when you hear it. You know, it's like fitrah. Subhanallah, the kalam of Allah, it has its own beauty. You know, uh, if anyone saw on Facebook last couple of days ago, I shared Sheikh Abdul Rashid Sufi's Salat uh, Isha. Unbelievable. Yani, you know, it's like you're, you're, you're drugged. In fact, that's what I wrote in it. Spiritual intoxication, yeah? <laughs> After the cannabis paper. So I said, yeah, it's literally your high. You know, you hear a few words and you feel this is, the, this is the, the, the Kitab of Allah. This is being recited as it was revealed. This is it. And subhanAllah, fitrah, I heard the Indonesian bakwas, and it's like, I want to throw my computer out, you know, at the window. So, you know, there's something there. Um, so I, wanted, I, I do want to say that the one that you heard was not the worst thing you're ever going to hear, because I'm not going to publish that. That's the same, even worse maybe than listening to music. Here is something which I want to say is to the sunnah, and then I will tell you who it was afterwards, okay? So just listen to it. Don't look at his picture. Well, that's cheating, isn't it? And if you're looking at his picture... Okay, listen, and then I'll let you have a guess. Allah, 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 Allah.
That's beautiful for me that's it absolutely you know now yeah you might listen to that and say it's not nice as the this and the medina and then this but you know what it is that's sunnah right there that's there's no you know unnecessary elongation beyond whatever so people who don't know who that person was okay and because you yani if you saw it then be quiet let's have people guessing nope you know, I tell you a funny one Iman said it was me by the way <laughs> which means she's getting beats when I get home yeah anyone Minchari was a good guess yep anyone nope I'm asking who was that, that anyone know who that was Sheikh Lalbani how do you know that? <laughs> MashaAllah, good. That was Sheikh Nasruddin Al-Albani, alayhi rahmatullah. The muhaddith, the great muhaddith of the last century. That was Sheikh Al-Albani. Um, and uh, I just wanted to show you, you see the difference between the sunnah and when you go towards the bid'ah. And the bid'ah in Adhan is something which is well known. Okay, and that's, that's yani, uh, something which... Um, yeah. Yeah, no, because you see, not every you know you know this is important to understand. When the person says it's bid'ah, in principle to do a bid'ah is haram, okay. But sometimes the word bid'ah, when the fuqaha use the word bid'ah, they don't necessarily want to say that every person that does it is sinful, and the word bid'ah is now being used almost in a more it's still a blameworthy manner, but not in its absolute full legal sense. They don't want to bring the full, you know, ramifications down. They want to say that this is like, like, um, for example, if, if music became very popular amongst people, like it has in this culture, and people started to move towards that as their own kind of societal reality, and then when they started to now make the adhan, it became slightly more musical. We would say this is bid'ah hadithiyah, yani, this is a modern bid'ah. It is. It started to creep into the thinking. Now, if these people are doing it, not knowing it, not understanding it, not realizing it, and I'd say, I tell you, the majority of people who do this, you know, flapping around of the adhan, they don't actually know. They think that you know. Remember, these are people who listen to the Makkah adhan, and they all dream of giving the Makkah adhan. 
Everyone's doing it in front of the mirror at home, and then they, then then someone gives them a mic, yeah, and then they torture us with it. Yeah, so, so, so you know, that's you know, it's harsh to call this guy yani, yani, uh, and everything's in the fire and all the rest of it. So um, that's the that's the context. Okay, um, I will finish by saying no, no. I think that's the lesson's got long enough. That the uh, the, the, the the other one. Malhuna, um, we'll leave till. We should finish that. It's part of the same sentence, isn't it? No, okay. Let me just say. Let me just say. Malhuna now means grammatical mistakes. So, like I mentioned before, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Fatha. This is a grammatical mistake. All right. This is not correct. However, the meaning has not been changed in a significant, meaningful way. Anytime the meaning has changed big time, it becomes haram, it becomes invalid. But most of lahan in terms of grammatical changing is not. For example, ashhadu anna Muhammadar Rasul should be Lullah. But you'll see many people say ashhadu anna Muhammadar Rasulullah. Yes? And that's wrong. That's wrong. However, the grammarians, and if you remember, I, I told you that last time, if there's anyone who can get out of any hole, it's the grammarians. Okay? The Nahween, the people of grammar, the people of language, you try and trap them, they're more slippery than a snake. They will say, ah, but actually in the language, yeah, you'll find in the, the way of the Arabs and this and that, and the, you know, just like a scholar would, if you try and catch him on the slide, he'll say, ah, well, you know, black, 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 yes? So the Nahween also the same. Okay? Um, and there is a potential possibility with taqdeer this. I think we talked about this. Taqdeer that, you know, assume this, assume that, assume this, assume that, then it's acceptable. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> you, you can find excuse for people if you try. That's, 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 that's the point. Anyway, and Sheikh Uthameen actually quotes a line of poetry to support the people who might say, Ashadu anna Muhammadar Rasul Allah. All right, just to show that even in the classic Arabs there was some mansub yani uh, words, um, but uh, there needs to be a, a, a point here. He says, so just to, just to finish off this 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 part, the lahan will be of two types: one that will change the meaning, then it's out. <laughs> There's another one which is yani adhan is hated for you to use it, but the meaning does not change. And therefore, the valid is still that adhan is still valid. For example, <coughs> he goes, "Allahu Akbar" with the fatha, ba alifra, akbar. Akbar is the plural of the kibar, yani people. It's, it's a it's a it's a whole different thing, completely different, right? Um, there was a person, there was a person who came to Imam Ahmed, alayhi rahmatullah. He said that. Is it permissible to give the adhan uh, and make the mad? Now, you might have heard me saying that Imam Ahmed, one thing I like about him so much is that he's not a massive fan of all this kind of tajweed behavior and all this huge focus on, you know, ghunna and this and that. He allowed the mad maybe, right? But that's about it. He goes, that, what about this long tamtilt, yani this massive elongation in the adhan? He goes, what's your name? He goes, my name is Muhammad. He goes, would you like people calling you Muhammad? Would you like people calling you Muhammad? He goes, no, of course not. My name is Muhammad. So he goes, then why are you changing then the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who is more deserving? 
of Muhammad sallallahu who is more deserving and that refers to the you know Allahu Akbar you know it's not that is it so that's ultimately the you know the defining kind of point you must try to avoid all of these kind of you know super elongations super elongation there's there's a, a, there's an understanding elongation and then it's then taking the bees yeah that's pretty much the summary of um that and he gives another example he says hayya ala salah is i mean that's 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 that's, that's tight isn't it because when you say hayya ala salah that's correct and i say hayya ala salah many of you wouldn't even hear the difference i'll do it again Hayya ala salah. Hayya ala salah. There is an elongation in the second one where there is a alif I put on. Where if I was to slow it down, I've said, first one, hayya ala salah. And the second one, I said, hayya ala salah. But I said, quickly, you don't feel it. So this is the kind of mistake. Lahan, malhun. However, meaning didn't change in a significant manner. Therefore, it is a valid adhan bas makruh is that clear everybody and I think we're done for today inshallah there's a few announcements so let's just quickly do some questions and then we'll make the announcements and then taqabal Allah yeah Adbasi uh, online who's doing online yeah does someone have the right to order the uh, to, to change the way it does it I don't think that's in between yani, that, it's a good question Adbasi says you know you're sitting there and a the guy starts giving all that behavior. Is, is, does he have the right to order him to change it? Okay? It's a very good question, ultimately. Okay? The answer to this question is entirely contextually based. If you are the imam of the masjid and you know that the guy will just take your statement just like that, yes, then you do it. Because you're stopping the, 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 him sinning or him potentially falling into a sin and the punishment of the other people who are listening to this here, and, you know, it changes, right? So I'll give you an example of myself. Um, I do that regularly, okay? And I tell you where I learned it from, I learned it from our Sheikh Kehlan, who also does it regularly. I remember in the, very, in the 90s, where I was giving the adhan, I'm giving the adhan, you know the most randomest, weirdest thing that you can ever be put off with, is that you're giving the adhan, and someone is trying to correct you while you're giving it at the same time. <laughs> I remember, I'll tell you something. We used to, g- <laughs> I'll give you an example of this. <laughs> this is, you won't find this funny, but now I'm thinking about it, it makes me laugh. Um, we would read hadith with the full chain. And we're talking long chains. Right? And Makra'a style, meaning that you're reading the hadith very quick. We're trying to cover a thousand hadith in a day. It's about reading. And so you're in the you're in the full What's happening, Baba J? <laughs> so we're in a full zone. And all I could hear is Yani a voice. I'm thinking to myself, what? It's like a parrot. I don't know. It's like an echo. It took me ages to work out. 
That this is Sheikh Ihlan correcting me every single time. That you I'm do it every day. Every time, you still make the same mistake. Don't brag it. Every, yeah, no, I'm saying. I, I just said that. I just hear the cons- constant voice all the time. All the time thinking, what's happening here? Whatever. He would say, Haddathana. I would like, I don't know what he's talking about. Then I'll just carry on. Haddathana, Haddathana, Haddathana. And what's happening is only the trained ear can hear it. Because there's a difference between hadathna and hadathana. Right? If I say it slowly, everyone can hear it. Hadathana Sufyan, qala, hadathana al qala, hadathana. You know, that's easy. But you're not saying that. You're going super fast. Hadathana, 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 hadathana. And you're reading the hadith in Maqra, it's very fast. And I was saying, hadathna. But I was saying it anyway. So, uh, to answer your question, authority. Once he's saying, I know something's wrong, and there's nothing in my heart, no anger, no thingy, because he's a sheikh and I'm the whatever. Okay? So if I go into a masjid, and I see the uncle doing it, I'm not saying anything. Because, you know what? He doesn't know who you are, and he doesn't care who you are. And it's going to become a fitna, and you're going to cause a problem, and if he's older than you, whatever. But when I'm teaching a class, and this happens all the time, I'm speaking to the guy all the time. I'm saying shorter, longer. Allahu Akbar, you know, whatever, whatnot. And I can get away with it. It's just all about where you are and whether your authority is in, uh, runs. Are you in control? Will a person listen? Or will a person then start to, you know, respond in a bad way? This is a very important principle. This principle is very well established in the deen, by the way. In which area? Who can tell me for 10 bonus marks? In the deen, okay, where this issue is very, very well established i.e. the issue of being very careful how you tell someone to do something. Mm-hmm. No. Nope. No. I'll give you a clue. I'll give you a clue. It's about you trying to make someone say something. Very good. At what point? At what point? Okay, I mean, okay. Let me take that back. I thought you got the answer, right? Yes, it's to say shahada, but when? Huh? I can't believe you got the answer, but you don't know the actual answer. No. Yeah, I need the shahada when? Huh? Time of death. At the time of death. Okay? I told you guys, oh, no, I haven't told you guys, I keep saying I told you guys, yeah, but. When I teach the last death, okay, last death, <laughs> the last breath, you know, I'm just making things up as I go along, to be honest, it's all good. The last breath, okay, which is the fiqh of death, yeah, the last death, that sounds like so Christian, that doesn't it? The last death, right. Um, so in the last breath, when we're talking about um, uh, the fiqh concerning talqeen, talqeen means to encourage the person, the Prophet ﷺ said, encourage the person to say the last, you know, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah, Ashhadu Muhammad Rasulullah, because the one who says la ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah, akhir kalamu, fadakhil jannah. So we know that whoever says this as last word, he's going to go in paradise, and so you're always, yani, hoping for that to happen. Now, a lot of people just, you know, like steamroll in. They're like, you know, the guy wants a cup of water, and, you know, he's dying or whatever, and he's going, saying, you know, say again. So he says it, khalas, yani, then he now he wants some water, and you're saying, you know, you know, say, say, they get, they get irritated. They say, I said it. Or, you know, you know, you know what I'm trying to say? People react. You've got to be very, very careful. And I was reading just the other day, subhanAllah, 
and I, I'll find it because I can't remember who. I've got Abu Zura in my. I've got Abu Zura, I think, in my head. But I'm talking one of the classical muhaddithin at the time of Abu Hatim al Razi, at the time of Imam Ahmed, if I remember correctly, because I can't remember which book it was I was reading it in. And he was dying. And these were his three, they're all muhaddithin, they're top level scholars. Yes? And they went to visit him at his last moment. And his, his wife said, you know, I want you to be there. Because they were top scholars, barakah, this, that, whatever. And they were not sure whether he had said, you know, he was ill, you know, he was Ill whatever. And it's an insult to go to a scholar, isn't it? You know, think about it. It's an insult to say to a scholar, big, you know, the, 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 the king of all, that um, say, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah. Like, are you, are you kidding me? Right? So these three, they went in. And they stood near him and they said to each other, they said, SubhanAllah, Hadith Buraydah, Bas Nasit Yani, Hadith Talqeen, Hadith Buraydah, and Abi Amar, and Yani, they basically, they said, they started, they, they tricked him. They said that, uh, you know, that Hadith of Talqeen, and it was narrated on the authority of so and so, and they said the Isnad wrong on purpose. We're talking seven people Isnad. And they started stuttering, I don't know, I don't know, a saying little argument yani, amongst them, yani, whatever. And so whilst he's dying, he says, gave the full isnad, said the uh, uh, thingy on the authority of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and he passed away on that. He passed away on that. That's a shock that is. That's a shot. So I'm saying that fiqh yani, is very important. It's very important. You don't pressurize the people. You don't put it on the people. And, you know, in case you get a negative reaction. And negative reactions do occur. I've seen it. People talk about it. The scholars always mention it. They say, say it once only. Don't keep going on, 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 on. Because you can make a person say, come on, leave me alone. And you, don't, you shouldn't say that in dhikr, isn't it? Yeah? So you've got to be careful. You've got to be careful. Online? Nothing? Abbas? Abdanasar? Um, uh, yeah. So if, if you say that Allah is made a mistake, like for example, I've heard some people being like, Allah, so they make a question, is Allah? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, are we yeah. in a position to, you know, because you said you said haram is a makruban, so if there's a talk. Yeah, about, first of all, of course, it's only haram if he knows that he did it. Most of this is done by the ignorant. And you would correct him afterwards. But Allahu Akbar is, is completely invalid. A completely invalid. That's a complete change of meaning. That's a complete change of meaning, and you would you would, you would say to him, and we'd would ask this guy to not give the adhan or in a nice way or whatever. Just yeah, that's common and a question. I think the issue of maqamat has become so sort of entrenched in Islamic culture now, especially if you go to Egypt. You know, the Egyptian recitals are very famous, but it's become a culture in Egypt now where the science of recitation has been sort of lifted away from the spiritual context. Where it's to a point now where you can go to schools where they teach maqamat, non-practicing people teach maqamat to people who are aspiring reciters. So it's like an art, almost. Like <coughs> sort, of sort of cut away from uh, the, 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 Islamic the Islamic roots. Islamic That's roots. an interesting point. So yeah. If you see a lot of the reciters that, that if you look at their lives, they generally they're not even practicing people. A lot of them, even some of the famous ones in Egypt. Yes. Uh, but I think the, the distinction, like when it comes to adhan as well, that sort of same thing has sort of crept into the adhan. 
if you look at some of the famous maqamats, you know, the, like Nahawan or Rasul yeah. Bayat, yeah. if you study them, you look at them, they're actually based on musical talent. And famous singers, for example, sing in the exact same maqamat that are used by Qurra. Yeah. So Nahawan was sang by, what's her, Um Kulthum. She yeah. sang in the exact yeah. same maqamat. Yeah. That, and people say she was, even she was a half of the Quran. Um, so it's become that sort of culture that becomes so entrenched and entwined. And even like, for example, there's an interview that Sheikh Ali Maladi uh, right. and he's talking about um, the culture of Adhans and how the Damascus Adhan and the Sham is different from the one in the, the Maghribi Adhan and the Maghribi Adhan is different from the Medina and Makkan and each one has its own sort of flavour to it. Yep. But the question is like, where do you draw the line? Because you know historically, <coughs> some of the scholars would say, you know, يقرأ على, uh, you know, uh, for example, they would recite according to a specific a town that was specific to the people of that town. And some of the maqamat, the, people, the way people recite Quran, you can hear that like, a, a, a Shami recitation is very distinct to say, a Hijazi recitation. So, where would you draw the line between a Taghani, as the Prophet said, yes. the kind of uh, condemned sort of. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, and, and um, uh, to translate the question. I hope everyone, I mean, everyone would have heard the, the comment online, certainly. But the question is, you know, what is that real dividing line? It's the $64 million question that, right? It is a very difficult question to basically say, because as Ijaz mentioned, the hadith, the Prophet ﷺ said that whoever does not do taghani of the Qur'an, then he's not from us. Meaning the one who does not recite the Qur'an melodiously, and yani putting effort in. You see, we know very clearly what the meaning of taghani here means. It's not singing. Right, it means to make your voice sound nice. Means to put effort in to yani not just you know, just recite harshly or something like that. So the the dividing the dividing line is is a, a complex one, multidimensional. It's to do with intention. It's to do with as you mentioned very accurately. What's the actual? Where is the uh, the change coming from? Where's the change coming from? Is the change coming from because you see it as an art form of expression and blah, 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 blah? Or is it because actually that's how we memorize the Quran? For example, as you said, um, I, I memorized a significant portion of my Quran in Maghrib, okay, in Morocco. You listen to the Quran, in, or you listen not to the Quran, the Awam recite the Quran in uh, Morocco, it's a you will not even recognize this. People were like, what's happening here? It is Alif Lamim. Like this. It's like madness. Yeah? But then you look to it, you say, are they playing with it or not? And what you realize actually is it's, it, it, it is very difficult for me to comment because I don't think any scholar can answer this question. You see, I was amazed when I studied into it further that the changing of the way that they, they keep a, a, a sound... I'm going to get controversial here, I might as well. There are some people, you know that... Uh, anyone who does hibs, you'll know that you have to have your favorite mushaf. Yes? You change your mushaf, it all goes to pot. Because hifz is far much more than memory. Hifz is a feeling. Sometimes you know what you're saying, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you understand the story because you studied it, you'll never forget those word, word verses in your life ever. 
Other times, you don't know what it means, you never heard the tafsir, and you're just hanging on to some kind of sound. Other times, you can't remember anything, but you can just only visualize your particular mushaf, it's got a tear on the page, it's that, it's got a stain. You know, you're seeing things. It's a, multi- it's a complex process, hifz. So if you now give him a brand new spanking mushaf, yani 13 line, this, that, blah, 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 he's gone, lost it all. Absolutely, yani, you know. So similarly, tone is also used in hifz. Especially in Maghrib. After every Fajr, after every Fajr, I'm telling you, every person or 95% of the people will sit down and make a circle. Okay? I don't know how many I participated in. Yeah? Everyone will get a Mus'haf. And I'm talking young kids, old men, middle-aged men, bearded, no bearded, practicing, no practicing. But they were all there. Because remember, Fajr is not a major thing in a Muslim country, frankly. Okay? Not like in the UK, coming in a cold, non-Muslims, whatever. You know, you're walking to a masjid, everyone's there for Fajr. Yani a large number. So you get lots of different levels of deen. They all sit down, and then the first one starts in this nazam, this kind of sound, this kind of tone. Okay? And it will continue around the whole circle. A hundred people will recite one page, super quick. You'll go through two juz, yani, in half an hour. And what's the most amazing thing is that the majority of them will be reading from memory. The pages are just there as a, as a thing. And I'm telling you of different levels of people. As I said, practice not practicing. And it is, as I said, I studied it. It's because they've got the sound memorized. The sound is memorized. And all of us know what this means. If we now are memorizing the Quran, or we now reflect, we can think back to 1998, and hear Muhammad Jibreel reciting in Regent's Park Masjid uh, this surah. You think back to Surah Ali Imran, I can hear it playing in my mind exactly how he recited Mashawi Ali Imran. You think back and to Al Infitar, and you can see 1992, Sudais, and you can hear it. Yeah? So even if you were to forget the words, you could get the tune back in. And you're back in again, you're back in again. So you can see how difficult it is. To rule on what's bid'ah, what's not, what's this, what's singing, what's not. I think there's a lot to do with intention, a lot to do with yani, how much is being changed, for what reason, and so on. I think the people of the, the town, if they're used to a certain way of speaking, now you see what makes it difficult is that when you listen to the people of the Maghrib speak, they even speak like that. You know, they, you know they, some of their sound, some of their speaking is like musical. Their Arabic is not like, you know, straightforward, it, it tails up and off. You know, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, you know, why would you say that? That's what you'd say. But they, the musical people, they go, Why Labas? You know, I'm, I'm just giving a Moroccan yani, example, my poor one. But you understand the, the, the issue. It is ingrained, and I, so I don't think that the Arabic reflecting that is a major problem, but it, this is above my pay grade, big time. So that's the point I'm trying to make with the Adans as well. It's still it's regional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, again, like I want to say, you know what the problem is, is that also I want you to, to, to remember one thing. This is a disclaimer. You've got to also look to your teacher. And your teacher has also come from a... He's a, pro, a product, isn't it? I'm a product of the world's harshest... Adhan critic on this planet. His name is Sheikh Abu Abdullah Kehlan Al Jaburi. May Allah forgive him. He 
Tell him, Shaz. Tell him. Tell him, Shaz. We can't repeat those things. Shall I can't, I can't say it? We shouldn't say anything about the Makkah and where he prayed. Yeah, so we shouldn't say it? No, we can say it. Why not? No, no, no. It's not that's not Okay, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to tell you <laughs> <laughs> what he did when he heard one of the Mu'addins of Mecca give the Adhan like roughly like what you heard and what he did. He said it already. Oh, but already? Yeah, he said it. Oh, then, alhamdulillah. Well, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> okay, he goes that, Wallahi, when I heard that, he goes, I made dua against him. <laughs> I was like, Sheikh, are you flipping kidding me, bro? He goes, Wallahi. He goes, Wallahi. He goes, in. <laughs> he goes Wallahi. Yeah, I went in front of the Kaaba and I made dua. <laughs> I said, what the heck, man? Are you kidding me, Sheikh? He goes, you ruined my day, you ruined my prayer, you ruined my this, that, whatever. Bid'ah. This is bid'ah. This is this, that. I said, oh my God. <coughs> Sheikh, calm down. He was so angry. Well, like Sheikh, big, 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 big fan of Sunnah. You know, he doesn't let go of Sunnah at all. Anything that he perceives against Sunnah, he's just full. He doesn't, he doesn't fit with him. It's not his mizaj, Jani, you know? He's like hardcore. You expect him, especially in Mecca, to, to, to uh, do it according to the Sunnah, right? No, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. There's a lot of crazy stuff happening in Mecca and, you know, this, that. Anyway, Al Muhim. So I just want to say that obviously, you know, I'm, you know, and I'm always arguing against him on this. And he's very, you know, and it, man gets affected by his environment. I've been affected. I've also become slightly hardcore. But not that hardcore though. I won't make dua against him. Well, maybe at home, but not in front of the Kaaba. That's hardcore, man. Anyway, we'll let him explain himself, inshallah. We'll be here soon. We'll be in a couple of weeks' time. Now. Okay, Shazad's having kittens, okay? Because it's late. And it is late, actually. Very late. Gone on too long. Zakmullah khair, subhanakallah. Alhamdulillah. Ashhadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilaika. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullah.